Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to start, I guess I would say, training for all of this army of end-time prophecy teachers working miracles that God wants me to bring out here. We're going to start training. So today, I guess we'll be starting that, and obviously we'll be continuing it. And today, we're going to be asking the question, if someone were to ask us, is America in Bible prophecy, what would we say? Now, first of all, you have to understand a few things that the pre-tribbers, you're never going to convince them. Okay, Most strong Christians, sad to say, you will probably not convince, at least not yet, until they are about to be attacked by the Russians. But don't give up. Just understand that most Christians are probably not going to accept the warning yet. April 18th, 2002, Prophet Leslie was given a dream. This was the dream, and I think it speaks exactly to what is coming. Stan, myself, and many other people were on a cruise ship. We were headed out to sea. The sky was blue and beautiful and the water calm. The people around us were enjoying themselves, unaware of coming danger. But way out ahead of the ship on the horizon, Stan and I could see a terrible storm brewing. The sky was getting darker and the seas rougher. All right, now let's pause a second. That's kind of where we are right now. See, right now we have Donald Trump in, and he is our salvation. He is going to fix America. And so we can party until the day ends. We can have a good time. We can go out to all the movies. We can go to all the ball games, and we can have a good time. We can ignore it. Yes, I think that many people, yes, I think people can see trouble gathering on the horizon, but they're just ignoring it. So let's go on. Stan and I could see a terrible storm brewing. The sky was getting darker and the seas rougher. We saw what looked like a huge tornado. And she said it did not look like a hurricane. It looked like a tornado. In the ocean, headed right for the ship. Stan kept telling the captain, turn the ship around. He told him they were headed toward a terrible storm, but neither the captain, and I think this is meaning the president or the leadership, nor the people would listen. We could see the huge waves and the tornado getting closer and closer, and everyone was ignoring Stan's warning. Stan finally yelled at the captain, wake up, we're heading for trouble. Finally, the captain listened and began to turn the ship, but by this time, it was too late. The waves were coming upon the ship, and the hurricane was about to hit the ship. It was almost too late. The ship began to tip over. I feared it was about to capsize. Then I woke up. Now, I think you understand the interpretation, but let me read what Leslie wrote. The ship we were on represents the American church. The people of the church are having a good time not willing to listen to trouble brewing on the horizon. Stan has been placed at the head of the Prophets Club by God, a nationwide watchman ministry. The captain represented the church leadership and the people on the ship of the church. Stan was doing everything possible to warn the captain and the church, but they would not listen. It was not until the church leadership could no longer ignore the danger and Stan was able to get them to respond, but only as the trouble was hitting. There's an old saying that was written by Martin Niemöller, a German Protestant pastor, in 1892 to 1984. He said, They came for the communists, and I didn't object, for I wasn't a communist. They came for the socialists, and I didn't object, for I wasn't a socialist. They came for the labor leaders, and I didn't object, for I wasn't a labor leader. They came for the Jews, I didn't object, for I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for me, but there was no one left to object. See, that's where we are with the American church right now. 
the American church does not want to listen to all this trouble. And if they do see the trouble, and I believe a lot of them do see the trouble coming, but like the people on the ship, they're having a good time and they choose to ignore it. There's an old saying that says, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, meaning you just can't convince some people that do not want to be convinced. They're not really looking for the truth. They're looking to believe what they choose to believe. I have this post-it note stuck up in front of me, and it says there is only one certain barrier to the truth, and that is the conviction you already have it. You see, most Christians, sad to say, and by the way, I love you Christians. I love the Christian church. I would like to see them wake up, at least before the trouble hits. But unfortunately, they just aren't. That's what the prophecies say. So as a watchman, you and I, we have to realize we're probably not going to convince everyone out there. But we can't decide they're not going to listen, so we're not going to tell them. We still have to tell them. That's our job to tell them. And if the window shade pulls down, the window shade pulls down. If they turn and change the subject, they walk away. I've been through all of that. People don't want to hear. I understand, but we can't quit. Now, let me go to the things I would point to them in the Bible. Again, someone honestly wants to know, and they honestly say, is America really in the Bible? First place I would turn to would be Revelation 3.14. You might want to write these down. Revelation 3.14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. Now, let's go back and understand what the word Laodicean or the laity means. It means it's a church that is run by laity. Well, what is that? That means that the pastor or the apostle or the prophet is not in charge of the church. The laity is. Well, that's not true in America, is it, Stan? Well, think about this. Most churches are really legally In a court of law, this is going to shock you, prepare yourself, most churches in America legally, in a court of law, are not churches. What? That's right. They are government corporations. They made a deal with the devil. They are a 501c3 government corporation. I'll never forget a story that I heard, and I won't mention what city, but there was a Baptist church out there. I will say that it is in the state of Indiana. I will say that. And the, (laughs) I I don't want to say who, I I will not say the letters. I think you know who I'm going to be talking about. But this, this federal organization came down on them and they said that you have to pay taxes, that those people working in your church are actually employees. And the church said, oh, no, they're not. So they went to court over it. Well, the church discovered that they're actually legally, in a court of law, not a church. They're actually a government corporation, and those actually are employees, and they actually do have to pay taxes and all the other sort of stuff on them. They lost big time. I mean, they had egg all over their face. Well, to the good side of that story, a lot of churches woke up to discover that actually a 501c3 is not a church. In other words, a church is not subject to the government, and I can get into that, but I won't. That'll get us off topic. If we talk about that, we won't have room to talk to the other things. But the point is, it is a church that is run by the laity. They hire a board. They have a president or a leader. They have minutes. They have monthly meetings. Show me in the Bible where it says you're supposed to have minutes. 
Show me the Bible where you're supposed to have a board. Tank there. Not there. Just not there. Not supposed to have it. So this is talking about a nation that is run, or the church in this case, is run by the laity, the common person, the person that has not been called, not been to Bible college, they've not been anointed, but they're running a church. That's, many cases, a board. Okay, let's go on. Under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, and the beginning of the creation of God. That's another way to say Jesus. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, let's pause a second. What's it saying? See, in America, if you're hot, well, you're a Jesus freak. (laughs) They actually make fun of you for being on fire for Jesus. And instead, what do they want? Well, it's okay to be a Christian, but, you know, just not too much of a Christian. It's okay to go to church, but, I mean, you know, don't do it too often. It's okay to read your Bible, but, I mean, you know, like, don't actually believe it, don't actually practice it. And, you know, it's it's okay to let a little profanity slip out of your mouth, okay? But just don't do it too much. In other words, they, they don't ever exactly say it, but indirectly their heart is to be lukewarm. Don't believe me? Try being on fire for Jesus, and you'll quickly find out people don't like you to be on fire for Jesus. Ask me. Because thou sayest, I'm rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Is that America? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what America... See, they don't need to go to church, because they're rich and increased with goods. They have need of nothing. They don't need to go to church. They don't need God. They got a good job. They got a good home. They got plenty of running water and electricity. They got their bills paid. Yeah, they're they're fat and they're happy. They they got a dry place to sleep. Yeah, they don't need God. So consequently, that's why God, in His loving kindness and mercy, must send the seven-year tribulation. He must send the trouble so that the trouble will purify them. And that's what he's saying in these very next verses. But I, I want to come back. I'm going to talk about that miserable stuff here in just a second. So let me go on to the next one. I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of the nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love are rebuke and chasten, and be zealous therefore and repent. Now, a whole lot was said there, and we've got to kind of break that apart to understand that. So, let's back up. I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Easy. We understand that one. Knowest not that thou art wretched. What's wretched? It means they're filthy. They're not clean. They're miserable. How many times have we seen people in Hollywood? Oh, yeah, they have lots and lots of money. They have fame. And they also have all kinds of trouble. And a lot of them commit suicide, uh, all kinds. I mean, their lives are a wreck, okay? So they're miserable. And they're really poor spiritually. In other words, when they get to heaven, if they get to heaven, yeah, (laughs) let me correct that, if they get to heaven, they're going to have no rewards. And they're also blind. In other words, they can't see that Jesus is the Christ. They can't see that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes to the Father but by them, but by him. They can't see that. So they're blind and they're naked, meaning that they don't have a garment. They don't have anything covering their sin. So this is saying this is a nation 
that is rich and wealthy, has lots of goods and don't think they need anything, yet spiritually they are filthy, they're miserable, they have no rewards, they are totally blind to the truth, and they will not be getting a wedding garment or a garment at all. In other words, they'll probably be tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Now let's go to the next one. A council of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Okay, what's the fire? Well, the short answer is it's the tribulation. Yes, okay, that is a fire, a test. That's the reason he's saying a lot of you folks have got to go through trouble so that you can be purified. I remember in one of the angel visits with Dimitri, Dimitri was shown a rolled-up scroll, and he saw names, and he saw stars beside the names. He said, what are the names with the stars beside them? He said, those are the people that must go, go through various kinds of trouble for them to repent and to turn to Jesus so that they can be saved. Sad to say, but a lot of people are going to have to go through trouble. That's the reason, again, I'm this pre-trib rapture. It's just not there. It's, now, you can believe your pastor <laughs> that doesn't understand Bible prophecy, or you can believe those prophecy teachers out there that are twisting your arm and trying to get you to open up your billfold and your purse to give to them, or you can believe one that says, you don't have to give to me at all. I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like me or not, and that's me. Uh, so I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like me or not. Boom. Ask my wife. That's my heart. I will tell you the truth. The fire is the seven-year tribulation, no question that, but the ultimate fire is the morning star. It means that after the burning of the tares and burning up all of the works that are not in Christ, if you survive that, then you are then rich, and you have white raiment. That means that then you have all of your rewards. You have your crowns. You have whatever you're going to be wearing for all eternity. You're going to be rich in white raiment because you went through trial. You went through fire. You went through trouble. You went through the tribulation. As a result, cleaned up their lives, and they rewarded. That's what it's saying. That thou mayest be clothed. That's your wedding garment. And some of you will, will go to the wedding. Well, not us, but I mean... There are some that will not be ready and will not go to the wedding. But I believe probably most of the people listening right now will go to the wedding. Be clothed and the shame and the nakedness do not appear. In other words, those people that do not have a garment on the day of trumpets, when Jesus returns on that one day, that's when everything done in secret is made open and manifest. Everything hidden is shattered from the rooftops. We get to see everything that a person has done in their life and somehow we get to see that all in a moment. We get to see all of it going all the way back to Adam that's not washed in the blood, that's not covered by the wedding garment, because the wedding garment is what covers the sin. Yes, that's, it's, it's representative of the blood of Christ that washes away, but it's the wedding garment that covers away. That's another topic we'll skip for another time. Anyway, so the nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with thy salve that thou mayest see. See, because a lot of the times, sad to say, people in churches, a lot of them, I hate to say it. I mean, I love you. love these Christians out there. I want to see them repent. And don't get me wrong, a lot of them will <laughs> will wake up. I mean, that's what Dimitri is saying all the time. He's saying, wake up, America. Wake up, America. All the time he's walking around saying it. So they will wake up that thou mayest see. But right now, they don't have eyes to see. So they don't have ears to hear. They don't understand. And so they believe in the people that are telling them, oh, you don't have to worry. There's going to come a pre-trib rapture. Jesus is going to come in the air and suck you up in the sky, and you don't have to go through any trouble. It's just not there. Just not there. 
Love for it to be there, but it's just not there. That's what it's saying. Now, let's go to the last verse, then we'll move along. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. If you, well, I'll put it this way. Back when George Bush was running for president, someone said, Hey, do you think George Bush is really a Christian? I said, Well, I don't know, but I can tell you the question, the one and single question I could ask him to find out. And by the way, it's not, do you ask Jesus in your heart? Or is Jesus Lord and Savior? It's not those kind of questions. Instead, I would say, what is Jesus working on you to correct right now? See, because those he loves, he rebukes and chastens. You ask me what God is working on me right now, I can tell you. I can tell you four or five things. And by the way, if I can remove number one, number two slides right up into place. <laughs> because he leads us into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we say, Jesus, come into my heart, then he begins to draw us close to himself, himself as in perfection. And as he does that, that means that we have to be corrected. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Okay, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. That's a good thing. Being corrected, being chastened by the Lord, that's a good thing. Welcome it. Say, thank you, Lord, for the correction. Uh, it's sometimes <laughs> sometimes hard to do, uh, but uh, we have to do it. Okay. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. In other words, be enthusiastic. Be on fire. Be hot. That's the whole point he's saying in these whole scriptures. And you might be saying, how's that related to America? Listen to this part again. I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Tell me, what other nation in the world does that fit? Britain? Are the people there rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing? Uh, no. Mexico? No. Canada? No. France? No. Germany? No. Well, who then? America. America is the only one that fits. Can't stick that on anybody else. You can put all the glue on you want it, but it will not stick to any other nation other than us. Now, Let's go to the next verse, and I'm going to read this one particular verse here. Then we're going to jump to the whole chapter, and I can see I'm already running out of time. I'm not going to even get very far into this, but let's go to Revelation 18:7. See, some people in America think that America is just too big to fall. Why, we could never fall, because we are great. Okay, here it is, Revelation 18:7. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I said a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. What nation would say that? Now, think about that. I said a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. What nation would say, I am the greatest? I am the greatest nation in human history. I'm the greatest nation on the face of the earth. What nation would say, I'm never going to fall? What nation would say, we are the greatest, we are the richest, we have the biggest and best economy? What nation would say that? England, France, Germany, Canada, Mexico, uh, Honduras? Don't think so. Only nation, the only nation that would say, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Well, that's America. Now, why would America say that? Well, because America has a misunderstanding. You see, America thinks that they're not going to go through the tribulation. In other words, they're going to be raptured out before it comes along. I set a queen, and I'm no widow, and shall see no sorrow. That's the reason he says, 
Up here in the other verses, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. But he's saying, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. In other words, America, you got to go through the trouble and not to worry. I will see that you go through it. Why? Because I love you. Those I love, I rebuke and chasten. I said a queen and I'm no widow is smacking of a pre-trib rapture teaching. I don't have to go through the tribulation. I don't have to go through that. I don't need any of that. I said a queen and I'm no widow. I shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall our plagues come in one day. Death, mourning, and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Now, wait a minute. So why does America have to fall in one day? Why? Because she won't listen to correction. So consequently, I mean, just like right now, okay, I've, I've been saying for, for, for the last 10 years, I said, okay, the tornado is going to start because that's what the angel told Dimitri and the tornadoes started. Then I said, after the tornadoes, we're going to see floods and rains and hurricanes. Guess what? Just like the angel told Dimitri, then we saw floods and rains and hurricanes. Then, you recall, I started saying, next is coming earthquakes. Well, guess what is now hitting? Now, is America listening? Do we have people calling Prophecy Club? You know what? You guys are right. You guys are exactly right on. I've, I've been listening to you for a while. I mean, what, what can I do? Let me see, how, what, how much money is it going to cost to get you up on more radio stations? Can we put you on TV? Do I have TV stations calling Stan? We got to put you on TV. You got the message of the hour, brother. You got the message. Do I have that? No. Because I said a queen. I'm no widow. I'll see no sorrow. You don't understand. I'm rich and increased with goods. I have need of nothing. No, it's not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Consequently, your plagues will come in one day. Why? Because you won't listen. You won't let me correct you, America. I'd love to correct you. I love you very much. I'd like to see America turn around, but you just won't listen. I can't get you out of your cell phone. I can't get you out of your ball games. I can't get you to turn your TV off. I can't get you out of making your money. And when you do go to church, it's got to be entertaining. It's got to be close enough. The pews have to be soft enough. And the music has to be sweet enough. And the preaching and entertaining enough. Or <clears throat> I just won't come back. <gasps> Why, I'll just walk out. I'll just keep my money. I'll punish you. You don't understand. You are the one that is punishing yourself. Church doesn't need you. Jesus doesn't need you. You need Jesus. You need the church. Okay. Well, that's way, way, way too much preaching. <laughs> way too much preaching. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to let me lay hands on you. I want you to come to this Understanding in Times Conference, October 4, 5, and 6. Understanding in Times Conference, October 4, 5, and 6. Now, it's going to be at the Living Word Fellowship. Please don't call them. Friday evening, I'm going to be speaking at 6.30, Saturday morning, 10 a.m., Saturday evening, 5 p.m. Leslie, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., and then Leslie would take the remainder of the time. I'm called, as I've said several times, to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want to lay hands on you. I want to lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and I want you to receive the two anointings that people continue to say that they are receiving when I lay hands on them, and that is the spirit of revelation as was confirmed by the prophet Andre Bronkhorst. 
I want you to receive the spirit of revelation, and also I want you to be able to walk in the sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives, when the miracles arrive. So here's what you need to do. Go to endtimesconference.com, endtimesconference.com, and register. It's only $25, and yes, I'd recommend you put down an extra amount of a gift if you can to help us to get this thing all going and everything. However, you need to know, <laughs> uh, we started advertising this uh, about 24 hours ago, and I think it was like in the first 48 hours, we already got 64 people signed up. Well, there's only 350 spaces available, so word of the wise, I'd suggest you get your place reserved Buy your tickets, make your flight plans, or make your driving plans real quick, endtimesconference.com. 4, 5, and 6, October. October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference. Come here, get trained about the end times like you've never heard before, and get anointed so that Jesus can use you in the days ahead. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end-time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people that agree, 300 titles, normally $30 each, a gift of $100 a month would be reasonable, $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20, recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that'll lock in your rate for a year, even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com. Now you can donate to the Prophecy Club on your mobile device. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Message and data rates may apply. You can also listen to the Prophecy Club anytime on Alexa, Google Home, and YouTube. Just say, Alexa, play Prophecy Club. Our websites are prophecyclub.com, watchprophecyclub.com, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. It's the testimony of Dimitri Dudeman being put through five months of torture, twice on the electric chair, the angel coming to him and telling him the fall of America would start with an internal revolution. All of this is also put into a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America. It also has Michael Boldea and the prophecies from Prophet Leslie Johnson. And then I teach through, in American Bible Prophecy, 193 scriptures. 
That's two DVDs and a book valued at $75, all three of them available for a gift of just $30. If you don't get anything, get this. It's called the Wake Up America Gift Offer at prophecyclub.com. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, 1051 Riverside Drive in Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my feast and revelation prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! Help us take the warning to America. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today.